Hello, everybody, and welcome to Facts Man's Musings, the everything podcast guaranteed to make you smile. And as you can see, uh, shout out to a new look. I decided to change things up a little bit, and I've got my co-host with here, Mr. Ted Kuiper. Say hi, say hi to the folks. I'm trying to camera, but they don't see me. Oh, I'm trying to. Um, That's okay, there I am. Okay. It's good, doesn't he, folks? All right. So, um, I want. There's a sense of irony that I want to talk about today, in that, like, I guess, I guess my first my first questionation of the night is going to be: Do you believe first impressions are important, and why? Because uh, it's 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 funny how we are we are supposed to live in a very tolerant society, and yet, like for like, can you live in a tolerant society, and yet first impressions are like can first impressions be important without judging someone? Without judging someone? Yes, we we, we like. Our society emphasizes the fact that we're not supposed to judge people, yet the one thing that people do when they first meet somebody is they judge someone, do they not? Mm-hmm. You're saying people subconsciously judge people. They do, but it's kind of ironic to the way society is supposed to be because you figure this, our, our society dictates that we're supposed to be tolerant of people. And we're supposed to be like welcoming and forthcoming, and yet people still are they're they're preconceived they are their their biases are ingrained to judge judge by first look are they not yeah there's a sense of irony there to me but your question is your question is well my question to to the to the musers in the audience is do you believe first impressions are important? And I'm going to go into it by asking the second question. Do you believe it is more important to be tolerant or to make a good first impression? So I'll, I'll pose that question to you. Do, you. do you believe it is more important to make a good first impression or to be tolerant of those around you? I think I know where you're going with this question. I think. Speak. I guess, honestly, yeah, first impressions are probably, I think it's, it's more accurate to say they're powerful. I, th- um, I think so. I whether think so. it's important or not, I guess, is kind of a little more subjective. And it does seem to be that it's important for a lot of people. But I think that it's, it's just really, really powerful. Because that first impression could be your only impression you get of that person. That may be true. I, I think that the, the way society is nowadays is it's trying to, it's trying to get away from, for, um, it's trying to push you towards getting to know somebody better instead of, oh wow, this person looks like they'd be like this kind of person, or this person looks like they'd be that kind of person. You know what? Let me give an example. 
Alright. When I when I look at myself, I what I what I think people's first impressions of me would be is that um, first off that I tend to talk a lot. Obviously. I mean I have a podcast for crying out loud. Um, um that I'm, I'm a heavy set fellow. That maybe I'm not that healthy because of being heavy set. And that maybe uh, because of my appearance, I might not be that intelligent. What about you says that you're not intelligent, Asia? What about your appearance? I, I, and again, I'm speaking from an outsider's perspective. An outsider, who, somebody who doesn't know me, looking at me might think I'm not intelligent because of my face. But what about your face? What do you think is wrong with your face that thinks that you're not intelligent? Maybe I'm a bit slack-jawed or something. I don't know. You know what? I know I've heard that phrase before, but I don't know what that means. It's kind of like your jaw sort of hangs low and it makes you it makes you look like you're kind of... Uh, um, yeah, your mouth is always open. Yeah, kind of. Unless I'm like really trying hard to be quiet, which... Uh, in certain situations, yes, I'm. I definitely am <laughs> trying to do that. Um, look, look at yourself. Uh, it what you what you know about yourself and your appearance, Ted. What do you think people's per- first impression of you is? I don't know. They probably thought I was some homeless guy that. <laughs> You are not Brian Quinn, okay? You are not. Bri- <laughs> you are not Brian Quinn from Remarkable Jokers. You can't corner the market on looking homeless. No. Um. I guess uh, question issue number three is is uh, and this is going to require all my users out there to be a little bit introspective. And I'm going to ask the question: If you had to look at yourself from an from an outside perspective. What do you think people's first impressions of you would be? I, 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 like, I would be, I, I think that you have, you would have to get, to get past first impression to talk to somebody and get to know them. And I think, to a certain degree, I think society does agree with, just does agree with that but I also think that I also think that to a certain degree I feel like there's necessary and unnecessary judgmentalism and what what I mean by that is unnecessary judgment is basically not giving somebody a chance to get to know them simply based on you taking a second to look at to look at them and that's it. Like, okay. oh, Ted, um, uh, I like like, I don't know you. I don't know you at all, and I don't want to get to know you because your hair is curly. Something like that. I mean, that's more of a superficial judgmentalism, or okay. I would think that. Or maybe, or maybe it's like, oh, um, 
AJ, I don't want to, um, I don't want to get to know you because from the few seconds I was looking at you while you were interacting with somebody else, it seems like you talk too much. It's like in, out. You know, you got to take a second, sit for a while, and absorb the per, ob, obs, like, observe a person in varying situations. So, to really get to know them. I think it's interesting. Um, it's easy to create scenarios where people are judgmental on how you look. Um, I see... I can see where you're coming at with that. But I think people tend to ignore a lot of times um, being judgmental with how people think. I think that happens a lot. And when people give their first impressions of their opinions... Um, I think listeners can be pretty quick to strike them down or just ignore them and then they're like, for example, I can imagine a conservative person, he might listen to someone who has expressed some liberal ideas Mm -hmm. and that conservative person may say, um, I don't agree with that. I think they're wrong. Um, this person sounds like a liberal and I don't want to talk to them anymore. On that, that, g- that could be an issue because, and it could, of course, it could go. It goes ways. into politics and divisiveness. It could go both ways with that too. A liberal person can listen to some conservative ideas. They'll think that person is conservative, and they may not want to. Maybe they will engage. Maybe they do want to have that kind of discussion, and then they'll they'll bond because they like policies of, of politics. But yeah, some man. people. Would rather just avoid that altogether, and so they'll think, "Oh, this person's too political for my taste." But they never get to know more about that person. And I happen to know a good number of people who are conservative one way, but they're liberal other way. And you don't really know that until you get past that first impression of them. Well, and at that point, are you classifying them as, as part conservative, partly conservative, and probably liberal, or are you classifying them as an as an independent? classify anything with anybody in, in, in the first place, but like Car- said, Carl and did. But like, you, but like we mentioned before, first first impressions just kind of occur. It just kind of happens. People put labels and all sorts of things. It's because we. It's because as we as human beings, that that has that has become instinctual over the years. How do you reverse instinct? And and look at look at look at the job market too. With the job market, yes, if you interview somebody, you sit down with them and you get to know them a little better. But there are preconceived levels of like, oh, I see this person has a tattoo, therefore I'm less likely to hire them. Or oh, I see this person as um, the way they walk or the way they do certain things. Maybe I wouldn't want to hire them in this area. I think there's a very simple explanation as to why it's very seemingly instinctual to have first impressions of people or things or anything. And I think it's because people want to survive. If they don't trust you, if they don't trust that, if they don't trust this place, then they don't want anything to do with it. And they have to make that assessment as soon as they can. Well, and, and I and I take it back to where society is at, and society is trying to get you away from that, because, like, I I believe that the general over over the general mark of society is that 
you know, you can't you can't judge anybody. You can't um, you can't not get to know somebody for a simple reason. And I think that the, there's a threshold between first impressions for survival versus first impressions for um, first impressions for um, I don't want to put it. Um, job interviews. Job interviews or. Uh, like yeah, like maybe um, like maybe um, I don't know how to, I don't know how to put I don't know how to. I don't, know, I don't know the word I'm trying to say, like, um, when it comes to allowing someone into your circle. Okay. There's a difference between first impressions for the sake of survival mm-hmm. and then first impressions for expanding your circle of friends. Consciously, consciously, yes, I agree. Subconsciously, though, um, I think you pointed out that first impression seems to be <clears throat> survival seems to be something instinctual. I'm sorry, that's what you meant. You said that <laughs> you said it was a very instinctual reaction, that it is a conscious decision. So I think people just tend to, to do these first impressions for a lot of their choices, for a lot of what they, sh- they will allow in their universe and what isn't allowed. And I, I feel like, and I'm, again, I'm not saying that people shouldn't use first impressions for survival if if that's what you have to do for your grind then that's one thing but when you get to a point where the way you uh, look at first impressions from from survival when it bleeds over into other areas of your life like who you're willing to interact with who you're willing to work with when though when that line is blurred, you're kind of in trouble because at that point, you know, pe- people are going to deem you to be a judgmental person. I, I do believe that um, that people who overcome that instinct of creating first impressions and never changing from their first impressions, I do I do believe that people who overcome that instinct, um, I I believe are more mature than other people haven't really overcome that instinct. I do think so because they must have overridden, overridden? <laughs> they must have overrode their... Um, Re- they reprogrammed themselves? They must have overrode their trust and they're willing to trust something bigger than their first impressions. They're willing to trust and think, I think there has to be more to this person. I've got to figure out safely fine, but I've got to figure out how this person um, can be beneficial for me. I've got, I've got a perfect example of you. I've got a perfect example for you. In King of the Hill, there's an episode where Hank Hill has to hire another uh, propane associate. And um, there's a woman by the name of Maria Montalvo who comes in to interview with him and as soon as she walks through the door the one thing he's thinking in his mind is oh gosh she's going to know nothing about grills or she's going to know nothing about pro- about propane and then she ends up talking about like the charking and he's like oh well I'm so, like he, he, you could see the visible look of surprise in his face 
simply because he had no idea. And that was just the interview. He still didn't want to hire her. And he goes home to his to his wife Peggy that night, and she goes, "Well, you got a crush on her? That's why you won't hire her." He's like, "No, no, no. I just don't, don't. I just don't think that she has what it takes to be in this field." And it, it was interesting because she she even talked to him and was able to hold a conversation about grills, and yet he still didn't want to hire her. Because it seems like he was more afraid of attraction to her than he was on, yeah. And 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 it was funny because like Pe- Peggy was astute; she nailed it right on the head. She she was like, "You don't want to hire her because you're into her." <laughs> yeah. First impression. The first impression of her was that he. First off, he probably he probably thought she was hot. Didn't want to admit it. Second thing was like. He was thinking because she was a woman that she wasn't going to know about. Yeah. Propane stuff. Yeah, propane's a very guy. Supposedly. <laughs> Supposedly. Supposedly. very masculine about, <laughs> about the curves of a grill. And, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, here's the thing. It's one thing to show that you're qualified and then not get picked. That, you know... If you show that you're qualified and you're still not picked, you either have to ask the question, was there somebody more qualified than you, or was there some other ingrained bias there? If you haven't shown that you're qualified, then you got you got no leg to stand on because you because you can't expect the job to hire you and not show somehow that you're qualified. But she was talking to him about it and showed that and showed that she could do like and here's the thing, for her she didn't see the other candidates and how they interviewed and things like that. Um, I don't know, again, it, it, go, it, it goes into the whole, like, uh, first impressions thing. Like, there's even, there's even another show, uh, Parks and Rec, that tackles the idea of first impression in regards to, uh, to gender and working jobs. Like, san- the sanitation guys, uh, Leslie and April were trying to get this big old fridge onto, uh, onto a, pa- onto a truck because uh, she was trying to get the sanitation department to hire more women. Okay. The office does the same thing. They have a female warehouse worker. Her name is, her name was Madge. Really funny. All right. So, I'll ask you to tell me a story where you think someone's first impression of you affected the situation somehow. I honestly have no idea what people's first impressions of me are. I really have no idea. I have a feeling whoever, whatever their people's first impressions are of me, <laughs> I have a feeling that they still have that impression of me, and they're too embarrassed to tell me what that, what that thought would be. I think that's what people's first impressions are, but I really don't know. I really don't know what people's first impressions are. And- and, and I'll be honest with you, even sometimes second impressions, I, I think, are, um, like, like, you can take it even further into, like, uh, ingrained things that people think about you based on certain aspects of you. Like, me being legally blind, I've had people ask me if I can do a job before, simply based on the fact that I was. Like, um, I went to a, a job interview 
and they always tell me to disclose to disclose early that way people can or cannot accommodate me what have you I told them that I was legally blind and they're like are you sure you're gonna have trouble watching kids because you're legally blind and I said no I've done it before Okay. but there's there's a point there like it your first impression could be it, it could go even further than just someone looks at you and and then judges whether you can or cannot do something based on what they see but if you if you if you maybe have have one or two sentences in between you and then you disclose something about yourself there, there's going to be an ingrained judgment based on what you share with people too. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, that a big example in my case, people think people underestimate me because I'm legally blind. Um. So, I think what can be confusing a lot about that is, and maybe this is just your situation. But being legally blind is an interesting card for you to have. You know, so... The thing is, I'm, I'm never trying to use it as a card. Yeah, but everyone has their labels, and some people use their labels as certain kinds of cards to play. Um, like, certain minorities, I imagine, will probably say, you know... I know this and I know that because I'm part of this culture. Um, oh, you don't like me because you've never liked me. Your family and your heritage never liked me because I'm this culture. Or, oh no, I can't do that. I can't do this. That's supposed to be your kind of job. Don't you know me? Don't you know my culture? So, people can sometimes use the labels not because of other people's first impressions of them, but it's just... Because of their first impressions of them. want to give that kind of impression. So maybe it's, maybe it's not that... They're, it's not that... Maybe at that point they're prejudging what people are going to think of them. Okay, so... And they're trying to guide people's perceptions of them. Yes, so sometimes... Uh, I'm trying to think of an example for you... Um, you know, you you might say, oh, I can't find anything. I'm, I keep losing things. I can't find it very well. I'm blind. Like, I'd understand that. But if I assume that, oh, well, how are you, how did you see that on TV? What, just because I'm blind, I don't, I can see things on the TV. I can, I can notice things. So... But in, in the sense of what you know of me... The only time I wouldn't be able to find something is if, is if uh, I either I either I don't remember where I moved it, or somebody else moved it and didn't tell me where they moved it. I think I think people use labels for convenience, whether it's applied by other people or if by yourself. It seems to be a form of convenience to just pull it up and say, "Well, this is just how I am." Well, and it. There's there's a caveat with that because I, I think for the for those people that are using those labels for convenience and believe me I agree with you 
I don't like to do that. There's a caveat for this in that those who do use labels like that for convenience, nobody else is limiting them. They are limiting themselves. When I when I say that when I say that I disclose, I more or less do it because I'm sure that first off, when it comes to like a job setting, there are various like uh there are various governmental things to work out. Like, for example, some places, depending on who it is, there are programs set aside for if you hire disabled people or if you hire people who are previously convicts. There's things that can be, like, programs that can be taken advantage of by businesses based on hiring certain kinds of people. Does that make sense? Okay. There is a delicate balance for, like, disclosing and when you disclose. Because I don't want to be in the job and then tell you, oh, by the way, I didn't tell you during the interview process, but I'm legally blind. Yeah, I, it's like I said, it's, a, it's convenience. That balance is called convenience. Yeah, yeah. I think, so. And I think it's a matter of the person who, of the person who is using it as well, because um, you can tell if a person is driven... Or if a person is complacent at the time, I realize that may that may seem like like those may seem like controversial terms, but you can tell when somebody's just waiting for something versus somebody who's going to get out there and get it. <laughs> I, I I don't know if you know what I mean, but there's a clear distinction there. Are you going to go out and get it, or are you going to sit there and try to and, and wait for it to come to you? Because those are two very different things. You could, and, and going back to the first impressions thing, you could think, based on the fact that somebody may look laid back and relaxed, that they ain't gonna do they ain't, that they that they're gonna be the ones that are um, they're gonna be the, they're gonna be the ones waiting for something to come to them. Whereas if maybe if you got to know them better or saw them in different in different situations, they may be put into a different situation and then a switch a switch just flips and. They're on top of it. They're in their element, and they're they're going out there and they're getting it. Mm-hmm. Just like right now, you seem very relaxed sitting here with me talking to me. Very but 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 here's the thing: if I accompanied you into a lab situation, you're in control. You're in command. That's your element. If I didn't know you and I was and I was watching you right now. As you are sitting here talking to me, I would think you're a very laid back, laid back sort of allowing things, excuse me, allowing things to come to you type of person. Whereas if as if as if I if I met you or if I if my first time seeing you was in a lab setting, I would be like, this dude is driven and determined, and he's going out there and getting it, and he's taking the lead on it. He's in charge. That's his element. That sounds, yes, accurate. And I, th- I think, I think you could, you could almost amend it and say, first impressions nowadays are just, are, are situational. Okay. Because, the, 
looking at someone, getting to know them, or like like getting an impression of somebody simply based on the first time your eyes meet them. That's one thing. Like if you see somebody walking down the street talking to a friend, you're seeing one side of them. If you see somebody for the first time, if you see somebody sitting at a desk doing work, this is the kind of person they are when they're in that situation or in that situation. If you accompanied me to an NFB meeting and you saw me talking to various people, getting things ready, you would see that I'm a very, that I'm more organized than I might seem because that's a situation where I'm in my element. If if the first time you saw me was 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 with me doing this, it you, your first impression of me may be different than if your first time seeing me was when I was sitting on my butt watching TV. Um, interestingly, um, well, it depends. My first impression of you generally hadn't really changed. It's just my first impression of how things would be going is different than how it is now. So, for example, my first impression uh, of you doing the podcast in general, I'm thinking, is this really loose, you know, um, it's kind of, anything goes, it'll just drift wherever the topics would be, and I was a little nervous we would just lose people's attention. Go off on tangents. Um, and I didn't really know if I was really going to enjoy it all that much, and then... We got into it. After a couple, I think this is the third one now I've joined you with. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I find it rather fun. I find it very conversational. And and I think this is what relaxes people. I feel like and that's that's the thing. When, like, 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 take a step aside. Take a step back out and don't let all the crud going on around you in, the, in, 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 in this day and age bog you down. You need something like that. You need something that is just a little bit mindless. It's, this is mindful, don't get me wrong. But just a little bit mindless in terms of direction. That way, you've got something to keep, to, to keep you level-headed. Something to help you have a little bit of fun. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the thing, for like, people who... I don't know, I don't know whoever's watching out there because I can't exactly see any chat or anything, but... If there's anybody that is watching me out there that hasn't been doing this before, I've told you what I would hope your impression would be of this, but you're going to think what you're going to think, and you're going to feel what you're going to feel, and I'm okay with that. As long as you're here and having fun in some way, then I've done my job. I have done my job. So whatever first impressions they have of you, they can get over it and they'll know it gets better. It's true. It's true. And I I even think this goes even further into, like, art. Because just because somebody has one impression about an artistic piece, or just because somebody has one impression about a movie, there's a difference inside the situation then out of it, and I've said that I said this I said this last episode too. 
there's a big difference between viewing something inside of it and viewing something outside of it. Okay. I, more than likely, if I went back through and I watched this video, first off, I'll be like, good lord, my voice sounds terrible. Hmm. Then, I'd be like, this guy's probably talking out of his back cheeks. the beauty of first impressions first impressions can lead from can lead to people to artistic pieces to food first impressions is the bread and butter of the art of critiquing hmm. because if if somebody if somebody makes some kind of food for you Ted and it does not look appetizing are you going to eat it Are you going to try to go past that first impression and say, you know what, this may look like a giant turd, but I bet you if I put a bit of it in my mouth, it's going to taste good. <laughs> no, I don't think that usually happens. Exactly! And, like, like that's the thing. That, that, that in and of itself is a commentary on society because society wants us to get past first, impre first impressions of people when you can't totally ditch first impressions, because so, yeah, good. Oh, are you? Are, I'm, I'm a little confused though, AJ. Are you saying we need to get over first impressions, or we shouldn't? I'm saying first impressions are important. I'm saying that. I think I, I okay. Here's here's what I will end this night by saying. I actually think that first impressions are a misnomer. First impressions are an oxymoron because to a certain extent they are necessary and to a certain extent they are not because first impressions are very situational. You, you could have seen me in a totally different scenario, in a totally different arena and gathered your thoughts about me in a different way based on what I was doing when you first saw me. And society in and of itself wants us to wants wants us to get away from first impressions, but to a certain extent, you can't. Like, of course, in, a, in an ideal world, every single person we encounter in our lives, we would have a chance to talk to for more than a minute or two and get to know them. That's not realistic. Okay. okay, like, the first impression for, like, the scenario kind of thing. Let's say, does, does ambiance matter to you when it comes to eating food? Like, let's say... I, I want to say no. Let's say you're eating Olive Garden. No, but I, I, I'm sorry, what? Let's say you're eating Olive Garden food in the back alley. <laughs> Do you still like like? It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> You're eating Olive Garden. That's my impression of Olive Garden. <laughs> I just outed myself out for that. But like, if you're eating, you're eating Olive Garden food in a back alley. Think about it, because yeah, I, I, I can see that fit. But my point is, is would you still expect the food to taste good if it was given to you in the back alley versus being given to you in the Olive Garden setting? 
I no. I think it would taste probably worse. To answer that question. And and by that same token, your first impression of somebody could be better or worse depending on the scenario to which you encounter honestly, them in. Honestly, though, AJ, I mean, Olive Garden kind of screwed themselves a little over because if you remember, they're they started <laughs> they're starting to give more and more carry outish, and they offer like, oh, you buy a meal so you can get a meal for free. Where are you gonna eat it? It's true. It's true. It's true. Isn't as good as their ambiances. I, I guess I don't know. I guess so. I mean, I mean, maybe they do have a lot of trust in their quality. That it, it's going to taste great no matter what. But I, I think they're opening a a, a series of, of problems that could happen because there will be someone who's going to take their carry-up food and eat it next to a dumpster and realize, <laughs> realize wow, Olive Garden wasn't really all that good. Like, so there's a bad smell sitting right next to you, and they're like. What smells so bad? It must be this food. No, it's that dirty diaper in the trash can next to you. Yeah, I think I think Olive Garden is kind of just. Um, oh no, it wasn't. It was actually Olive Garden food. It wasn't that diaper. Okay. Like Olive Garden and anybody who works was, there. I mean, we're next to a dumpster. I really thought there was a diaper next to it. No, it's just Olive Garden. Olive Garden. I'm sorry. I'm not purposely trying to pick on you, but you're. Like, your food has a reputation for being really, really good, and so does your ambiance. So, it is the best way for me to illustrate my point. Yeah, because you know it wouldn't taste as good if it wasn't inside the restaurant. It's true. Because you know. And they they know that, and that's why they give you a bag to go. Like, hey, you buy the meat, you buy one meal, you get one to take home. I'm saying that was dumb. They should. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying they kind of cheapened their food doing it that way. They should have given you, you, like, buy one meal, get one free. Yes, they should have given you, like, some coupon to say, here's our next, when you come back, your next meal's free. Like something like that. Well, but see, at that, at that point, at that point, you they would have hoped that maybe you throw away your coupon, or that it would get lost before you come back. No, well, see, maybe, maybe there. I think maybe if they were to do it that way, though, you have a clear problem. You know why? That clear problem is this. Let's say they, that 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 you buy a meal there that's like, I don't know. I'm just gonna say twenty bucks. But then you have a coupon that says your next meal is free. And they come back and they spend, they like order like a, a fifty to sixty dollar meal. And they're like, "Oh, but this coupon said my next meal was free." Yeah. So what they could do is just give a gift card. Yeah, honestly. Give yeah, card. give. <laughs> it's su- give a gift card it's such a amount, and then uh, they can't exceed that amount that they had bought from the original. Unless they wanted to pad a pocket. And then, I mean, and at that point, you're just like. I was supposed to be given a free meal. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with on the gift card. Yeah. And like I don't I don't I really don't mind Olive Garden. I don't mind going to Olive Garden. It's just it's not like. And honestly, it doesn't have, have to be Olive Garden. It's it could be Red Lobster. Red Lobster. If you if you bought a meal from Red Lobster, and then you bought another meal and you took it home, and your house smelled like poo or something, and you ate it. You ate the meal. Would you think that the food would be as good? Same point, because Red Lobster still has the same kind of reputation for having good food. When you've got a restaurant whose food is based off whose whose big food is based off seafood, 
it's, it's, it's gradually more expensive, which means it's supposed to be better quality, supposedly. Mm-hmm. But again, you can make the point that ambiance plays a role. And that also lends credence to my point that first impressions and judgments are based off situation, not necessarily the person, not necessarily the subject in question. Okay. Not necessarily the person. First impressions. First impressions. Mm-hmm. By the way, just so you guys know, I did not plan this at all. I just winged it. I literally thought of this topic as I was sitting down in this chair. And we spent 40 minutes. 40 minutes? Talking about something that was just... From Off the top of my head. Top of your head. Off the top of my freshly shiny head. Like a we've come, we've come full circle. I think so. I, I did a shout out for my new look at the beginning of the podcast, and I bring it back to it at the end. There it is. It comes back, That's, to, your it, it comes back to my shiny, shiny head. Anybody who's like Pokemon fans, there's a shiny right here in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good one. Okay, so um, uh, first off, everybody, I just want to say thank you on behalf of myself. And my amazing colleague, Ted Kuiper, here. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you joining us and sitting through our bewildering craziness. Is that a first impression? Better not be. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no. Um, I guess, uh, oh, uh, shout, uh, shout out to a nonprofit that I used to uh, uh, be a patron of. Cameron's Coffee and Chocolate, down in Fairfax. Their program is called Anybody Can Work, so they have a lot of um, uh, employees with learning disabilities. So thank you guys for that. Um, and um, just uh, shout out to my friends, shout out to my friends and family. You know, I, I, I love and care for you all. Um, shout out to the big man upstairs. Just give me the privilege to do this for you all. And um, I don't know, bud. <laughs> Just ignore that random sound bite you just heard. That was Ted on. That was Ted on a loop. Mm-hmm. No. Um. Anyways, thank you guys all for joining us here at Facts Man's Musings, and remember, above all else, never fear. The Facts Man is here. So, hope you enjoyed. Have a great night.